0: You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. What up, Duval? Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Delugo. Joined for the first time in a long time, by Scott Klein.
1: Hello, is this thing on? Hello, Hello. can you me? hear me? <laughs> <How's> <laughs> What's up, Scott? How's it going? Good. It's exciting to be back. Things are a little bit different this time around, though. Now we're uh, how are we're, they different? We've Scott? gone. We've gone mobile. <laughs> yes, we're in two totally different places talking to each other. It's we like are
0: recording, recording remotely. Yeah. How about it? It's Fancy the first time we're doing here. it. I hope there's not a lot of
1: hiccups. But, yeah, uh,
0: I mean, I think that the intro just played a little bit for the, <laughs> twice in a row, but that's all good. It was a short intro. I don't think it's going to bother people too much there. But again, welcome to the Jinjag podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo. You can find me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. You can find Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein1. That's K L E I N, followed by the number one. Follow the show at Generation Jaguar. On Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jag on Twitter. And if you enjoy the show, you're a regular listener, please leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app. That really helps us out a lot. Uh, We'd like to thank Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the show. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And you can visit their tap room either in downtown or Riverside. Scott. We've got a lot to get into today, don't we? Let's, let's dig in. Let's go. So last week I spoke a little bit about Nick Foles, talked about the direction I wanted the Jaguars to go with their quarterback room, just overall, um, all three quarterbacks. I do believe they should have three quarterbacks this year uh, on their active roster, or at least on their 53. But um we haven't heard what you think about Nick Foles. And, and since the last time I recorded, it has come out that the Jaguars absolutely expect, according to Les Bowen of Philly.com, to sign Nick Foles once free agency starts. Makes a lot of sense, but just wanted to get your take on Nick Foles and his fit with the Jaguars if you're about the move uh, and whatever other thoughts you have on that.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't like the idea of trading for him, uh, especially under the franchise tag. I mean, that's that's a huge number that you're having to commit to your quarterback for just one year and you don't know if you're going to have them any longer after that. Um, At least this way you'll get somewhat of a reduced uh, deal. You could get a couple years on there. It's probably going to be a two or three year deal. Um, Just my guess. I don't, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any numbers or any, anything thrown around there yet, but it sounds, I would be comfortable anywhere in the, in the mid to high teens, um, I don't know if that's going to get the job done. Money get him here, yeah. As I'm, I'm sorry, between fifteen and twenty million, somewhere in that range. Anything over that, I don't think it's worth it. Um, even twenty million a year. Well,
0: is, let's just talk about his fit with the team. Like, not talking about money. Do you just? I mean, what I, do you think about him as the Jaguars' quarterback? If that does happen, which all signs are pointing to the fact that it, it probably is going to
1: happen. Yeah, time. I mean. Uh, to be frank, it's an upgrade. I mean, ha- have someone with any sort of consistency would be. Um, he was a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he's when what? <laughs> for, uh, from two years ago, was he not the MVP? <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you made me pause. Oh, what would I do? Um, but no, it, I mean, he's he's been able to come in these stretches and just play out of his mind for under a guy like John like. The new offensive coordinator, Dave Filippo, um, right. So, I mean, the quarterback I,
0: coach from that Super Bowl MVP season. Yeah. Pretty much everybody in Duval knows that right. by now, I think. But yeah,
1: I, I think of the free agent quarterbacks, he's the best one. Um, I don't necessarily. I I didn't necessarily think that the value would be there with him because you would have to pay him that much, and you already have Blake Bortles on the books, regardless of what right. you do to him. Um, so. I would have preferred them to go with one of the lesser free agents and draft a rookie as high as they possibly can, but you're getting a good football player. Um, it might be a bit more than I'd be willing to spend, but it, it's, it's definitely an upgrade if this is what yeah. is actually going to happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like this, this group in terms of the front office and the coaching staff, like, it's their last shot. Yeah. They got to go get it done this year. You got to hit a home run. And if you're hitching your horse to a wagon, why not Nick Foles this year? I mean, the guy overall throughout his career, he's been really impressive. A lot of people kind of point to the fact that he had the down year with St. Louis. But
1: Everyone struggles under that. was a
0: depth. garbage team back in the day. Jeff Fisher was their coach. Seven and nine bullshit was their coach. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't terrible. I mean, he he definitely wasn't good that year. But outside of that, the rest of his career has been spent in Philly, and then one season in Kansas City. And in Kansas City, he didn't uh, he wasn't the starter, but he did come in and start one game. And he completed sixty five percent of his passes, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Outside of that, if you look at his numbers for for Philly, fifty eight touchdown passes, twenty three interceptions. Uh, averaging 217.6 yards a game, quarterback rating of 93.2, completion percentage in Philly, 62.9. I mean, this is a guy that Philly hasn't always had the most dynamic offenses, but he's been a productive player for the Eagles yeah. and he knows how to work with John DiFilippo. And if you're going to tell me that Nick Foles is going to come in and work with John DiFilippo again, I'll take it all day because. John DiFilippo, when he works with quarterbacks, they have a month, if not their best season, one of their best seasons, mm-hmm. or for all the quarterbacks that he's worked with, have been with him. You look at Derek Carr, he did really well with John DiFilippo his last year in Oakland. You look at Josh McCown, he had his best season as a pro before getting injured in Cleveland with John De Filippo, and then you go look at what he did with the Eagles with Carson Wentz and uh Nick Foles, and then last year Kirk Cousins throws 30 touchdown passes, 10 interceptions and completes over 70% of his passes. And that, and that was considered
1: a not so, that great of year. Including right. Including all that. So they, they, that just shows you how high the expectations are with this guy.
0: Right. So I, I think any of these veteran quarterbacks that are available would be a good fit with the Jaguars, including like not Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's just too much of a gunslinger, yeah. in my opinion, but like Tyrod Taylor, I think he'd be great with John Filippo. Uh, Josh McCown's going to be out there. And you would think these but guys are just Nick, placeholders for. Right. Uh, but maybe Nick Foles could be a little bit more than a placeholder. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, this is a bit more of a maybe.
1: substantial move than just thinking about maybe even just the first few games of the next season. Right.
0: Now, beyond just Nick Foles as a Jaguar. It makes sense why people are connecting the dots here. There's not much competition on the free agent market for uh, teams that are looking for veteran quarterbacks. I mean, you've got maybe the Dolphins, but they're looking to get rid of their veteran quarterback, uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the Redskins really don't have the cap space to go after a uh, veteran quarterback. They just signed Alex Smith, and they're not going to be able to use him this year, it looks like. Um, outside of that, the Giants have recommitted to Eli Manning. Uh, I think any of those teams could definitely go for a rookie quarterback, but in terms of the veteran quarterback, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the first two were the only; those are the only names that were out there. Were Miami and maybe Washington, but they've talked about Colt McCoy. They're comfortable with him, and then I—it just nothing else makes sense. So you would think that there's not really. There was no market for Nick right. Foles, and that's why he was not franchised, and that's why he's going into free agency. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, a team would have been idiotic to trade for Nick Foles. You know the Eagles cannot afford, with their cap situation, to keep Nick Foles as your backup quarterback making that much money.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, the, one, as soon as they franchise tag him, the, the team trying to acquire him has all the leverage because they're yeah. they're stuck with it. Um, so it's just, and you might think, oh, there's no market for Nick Foles, so that's, I mean, they can literally pay him whatever they want. Well, when you're talking about Nick Foles at $21 million, the market might not be there, but if you start getting closer to the $15 million range, then teams will pop up and say, you know what, I think we might be interested. So there's going right. to be, the market is only going to, it's going to follow the money. The further down it goes, the more teams are going to be interested in in him. And that's going to drive the price back up. So it's going to be, he's going to make a decent amount of money. I don't think it'll be top 10 money,
0: but. No, I think it'll actually be a little under 20 if I'm going to go ahead and, you know, place my bet here on what he's going to end up making. I I do think he's going to sign with the Jaguars and i do think that he's going to make more money than Blake Bortles made just because it'd be kind of like a slap in the face to St. Nick. <laughs> you know, Super Bowl MVP, obviously a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. Uh he deserves more than Blake Bortles. How much more than Blake Bortles? I don't think it's going to be a lot. I'm going to go 19 million. Mm. Simply because like like we've said the market isn't there. 19 million is still more than some other guys have gotten in free agency uh, in years where there was actual competition for veteran quarterbacks on the free agent market. Uh, so, yeah, 19 million is going to be my number, and I'm completely fine with that. I'd even be comfortable with them going to 20 to 21 million for him. I don't think they're going to have to do that. Uh, but this uh, this front office, the Jaguars' front office is—they're masterful when it comes to structuring contracts and uh, figuring out ways to make the cap work for them instead of against them. And I believe that that nineteen million—I think twelve million of that will count against the salary cap in two thousand nineteen. They'll use the other seven million as a signing bonus, which will be prorated over the rest of the contract. And I think that they'll, they'll probably structure it to where they can get out after two years with minimal damage. It's going to be time.
1: like Blake Bortles contract, just but a little bit beefier, pretty much.
0: Right. I, I totally think that. And I don't see any reason why Nick Foles wouldn't agree to that. I don't see any reason why the Jaguars wouldn't be happy to do that. And fans that are so worried about the number don't worry about yeah. the number too much. It's about how much actually counts against the salary cap this year. Because after this year, if you're paying Nick Foles $20 million in 2020, that's not so bad because Blake Bortles doesn't count nearly as much against the salary cap in 2020.
1: And the salary cap is going up every year by a right. decent it, amount. It accelerated
0: over $11 million this year um, going into 2019. And then also when the Jaguars do eventually cut Blake portals, which I hope is after the June 1st, which would give them 9 million in cap space for 2019. If they, if they, you know, end up with 10 to 15 million in cap space, guess what? They get to roll that over into 2020.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> so are they are going to make the cap work for them. They always have, and they always will as long as this front office is in place.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, people get so caught up in numbers. It's like they look at uh, they look at over the cap and be like, "Oh, we're over the we're over the salary cap right now. What are we going to do?" Well, there's a different. There's a lot of ways to maneuver around that, and you can see they restructured a couple guys. Um, the finding a way to do. I mean, we're talking about adding almost twenty million dollars of cap space we don't have right now. Well, they wouldn't be able to do that if they couldn't do it. So, I mean, they, right.
0: Well, I mean, you look at it, the Marcel Darius thing got you into the positive dumping Malik Jackson and Carlos Hyde, whether that's be via huge. trade or, or, or just dropping them. You're saving uh what about 16 million. If you get rid of those guys, you get the 11 million in rollover cap space. That's not counting yet. And uh, then, you know, maybe you cut Parnell, maybe you cut Gibson. You eventually get rid of Bortles. You know, you're you going to save some money. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Now, the Jaguars can unofficially... They probably already can unofficially get the deal done. The whole league rules are just pretty much a joke when it comes to legal tampering and all that. But they can legally tamper officially. They can unofficially officially okay. legal tamper tamper Monday, March 11th. And then they can officially ink fulls to the deal on March 13th which look at the calendar that's that's uh, 9 days away 9 days away from St. Nick heading to Duval if the reports are to be trusted now Nick Foles absolutely being expected to sign by the Jag or being be signed by the Jaguars is not the only news we have to get into The NFL Combine, you may have heard of it if you're a football fan. That ended today. Uh, On-field drills were taking place from Friday all the way up until today. DB's finished it out today. We're not going to go too much straight into all the different things that happened at the Combine, but we are going to give three takeaways each from the Combine, and then we will get into our post-Nick Foles news slash Combine mock draft which Scott and I put together, did a lot of work to get that done. But we'll go ahead and get into our combine takeaways first. But right before we do that, I'd like to remind you to check out GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and videos from our guy UCF Jaguar. Shout out to you if you're listening, UCF. And um, again, that's GenJag.com for all the latest news and analysis. And we've also got a bunch of fun Duval-themed gear up on the website at GenJag.com slash shops. But now let's go ahead and get into the combine. Uh, Scott, do you want to start us off with your first takeaway?
1: Yeah. um, It's just the biggest thing to me that stands out is how unbelievable the athletes along the defensive line are becoming. I mean, when you guys, you've got guys like Montez Sweat. Absolutely.
0: I was about to say, is he the first (laughs) guy that Scott's about to bring up right now?
1: unbelievable how a guy that big can run a 4-4.
0: The 4-4? Yeah.
1: Oh my god! At, four, at forty yard dash, it's just Rashawn Gary, who was a defensive tackle from yeah, career. that guy's free. Oh my gosh!
0: And I don't know how I feel about him as a prospect, but I don't because he's all he's all traits and he's no production. Bill, he's he's
1: built as a defensive end, and I can't stand it. He needs to be like a three technique on the inside. Yeah,
0: I, th- I think I agree with you there.
1: But it's just these guys keep getting bigger and faster. And more nimble, and it's just unbelievable how how so many different traits can fit into one body that's six, seven, 270 pounds. Like it blows my mind.
0: It really is. Uh yeah. I mean, these defensive linemen are there something else. And that's one of the one of the big things with this class. I mean, the defensive line and the defensive players in general, but specifically the D line is just out of this world uh, in terms of talent and obviously some of these athletic traits that these guys possess. My first takeaway is the wide receivers in this class can absolutely fly. My goodness. Andy Isabella, Paris Campbell, Nicole Hardman, DJ DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, Emmanuel Hall, and Darius Slayton all ran sub four, four forties. And there were several guys that ran in the four fours. And then some of the big guys. Um, you talk about David Sills. He ran in the four five seven range. That's, that that's was surprising. a big win that one. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you talk about Nikhil Harry ran a four five three. People were thinking he was going to run a four seven. So this class, even the big guys, can really fly.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And you talk about look like I like, never dreamed Hakeem Butler
0: would run a four four eight, and he Yeah, it. I didn't even it mention water. These guys, if you look at what is the on uh, on mock draftable, what is the graph that they show it's you? The, the spider chart. The, yeah, the
1: gotcha. spider
0: chart that has all the traits you look at Hakeem Butler's. It is insane. I'm going to do that right now, actually.
1: Now that I can be on my computer and do it at the same time. It's like all 96, oh 98, That's, spider chart. That's just a circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: unbelievable.
0: Um, obviously he's not a perfect prospect. He has to grow a lot as a route runner and just knowing how to actually be a wide receiver. But when you look at the uh, the base there for just what he can be, it's really, really impressive. What's your second takeaway, Scott? Mine
1: is I'm really disappointed. I want, I wanted to see Kyler Murray throw because he's got the most armed talent out of anyone in this draft class. You, you show up, you get – Pretty good measurements um, for him. I think he's very happy with the measurements that he got. Uh, he's in the yeah, I mean, over five ten and over two hundred and five
0: pounds. Yeah.
1: So I mean, i I, I want to see him come out, and I just I haven't liked the off season for him at all. Couldn't decide what he wanted to do. Couldn't did de- what did he want to play baseball? Did he want to play football? Finally decided he's going to play football. Then he's just going to get measured and then just call it a day. Show yeah. the people what they want. I mean, you have an opportunity I mean, to separate yourself from a bunch of guys who you are, I think, clearly better than, just as far as arm talent goes.
0: Yeah, he's got bad people in his ears, yeah, so uh, for sure. Like, all the Super Bowl interviews that were super awkward, um, it's just not been a good look. And then he was awkward again, like in, his, in the Combine press conferences and stuff. I love the kid as just a quarterback and a prospect, but it's got a really weird vibe about it right now. His whole story and his whole thing that he's got going on. And yeah, I would have liked to seen him throw, but I honestly think the Cardinals are taking him number one. He doesn't have to do they,
1: And that's the thing we don't know. I mean, they, he could be t- in talks like you don't have to do anything. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. You're our guy. Just, Stay stay off the basketball courts, don't be throwing any baseballs. Just come in and we'll yeah, I really don't think that's what's gonna
0: happen. Yeah. I mean Josh Rosen claims he gets hacked, but all his Arizona <laughs> Cardinals pictures get deleted yeah. off his Instagram. He just Matt Miller, uh, NFL draft, I saw stat, that, he man. had a funny thing that I, I felt the same way. He was like, Yeah, my my Instagram got hacked after I broke up with my ex-girlfriend too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> same. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. It would have been nice to see him throw just to see him compared to the other guys. Because out of any of the quarterbacks in this class that could actually, you know, really put a gap in between himself and the rest of the guys in a, in a setting like this, it would be Kyler. Murray, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, my second takeaway, while well, my first takeaway was about wide receivers running the 40, my second one is Forty times are not everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's some guys out there that I think are going to be fantastic NFL players. Uh, that you know they did not run well. Kelvin Harmon, he is my favorite wide receiver in the draft. He's not my wide receiver one anymore, uh, for obvious reasons. <laughs> but he ran a four six, which isn't terrible, but it's it's not ideal. But when you watch him on tape. He does not look like a four six guy. He looks like a guy that can just bully and run past yeah. almost every defensive back on the field. Then you've got Elijah Holyfield, which he might have had the most disappointing forty of anybody—a four eight. Yeah, that was rough. I saw another. I think it might have been Matt Miller again. He was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen his dad knock people out quicker than he ran the forty. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then one one a guy that's close to me, uh, Little Jordan Humphrey, he runs like a four yeah. seven
0: eight. And I was like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I Texas. Why do you like a I'm big even one a fan of him. him?" Yeah, he's quicker than fast. Obviously, yeah. he's pretty physical. He's got a weird game.
1: Yeah, it's. I he was he was told like, "Hey, you should probably go back to Texas," but I mean, everyone's. I don't know. It's in the personal life where you know making a paycheck is more important. I need to get money out here what, right now. <laughs> but I mean, there yeah. could be there's 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 always stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. I just think Definitely. I just think another year in college. It wouldn't help his 40 time, but it could have helped him refine other parts of his game.
0: To Right, like room. if you go run that 40 and people think that, you know, you're a more complete receiver, they're not going to worry about it. Like, I'm not saying he would ever get to Kelvin Harmon's status, but yeah. <laughs> if you have more respect as a receiver and then you have not a great 40, people don't hold it against yeah. you as much. Then um, Devin Singletary and David Montgomery, both running backs I really like. They both ran four sixes. Not worried about it one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not at all. I think they're both going to be very good running backs. Uh, but, yeah, just because these guys did not impress in what is a non-football situation, you rarely just have 40 yards to get up and go as fast as you can. It does not mean they can't be exceptional. NFL skill position players. Yeah, the
1: only the only thing that these combine drills do is confirm what you thought or make you have to go back and go, Exactly. what did I not see the first time?
0: Exactly. And, I mean, Montgomery, you obviously know yeah. speed isn't his number one mm-hmm. thing. He's quick. He's tough. He's a great pass catcher, good blocker. Singletary, he's all about that contact balance and the just insane cuts that he has. And Holyfield is also a tough runner, so... I'm not too worried about any of these guys.
1: Yeah. um, For my third and final observation, I got a bone to pick with (laughs) NFL.com NFL network. I'm I'm at work. I like to have it running while I'm doing my stuff. I've been able to do that in the past, but for some reason I'm logging on this year and it's go, Oh, you have to be on your in-home Wi-Fi to watch the NFL draft or NFL combine through Comcast.
0: What, what, why?
1: I don't understand the what? NFL being so exclusive. Like, I, yeah, I understand I mean, they want to protect their brand, but if you look at what everything the NBA is doing and how open they are about pretty much everything on social media, it's so night and day. I mean, they're, the, the future is the internet, and they are absolutely hating it.
0: What's crazy about that you said too? Like the NBA, since Adam Silver yeah. took over as their commissioner, they've just done every single thing right. Yeah, a hundred. The players love Adam Silver. The game is thriving. I mean, not the NFL is not thriving, but the NFL could be doing better to take you know take the page out of some of the playbook of the NBA right now for sure. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say, which this isn't. Anything the NFL's doing right. Um and before I get to this, so Comcast in general, they do not allow you to stream NFL network mm-hmm. at all. Like NFL network and Comcast, that's yeah, just that's, not that's how
1: I was trying to watch it and I and I Yeah. What what are you talking about? Why wouldn't you do that? Right? <laughs>
0: Uh, Like most of all the other cable providers are on that list of you know NFL network streaming, but yeah, anyway, I just got Sling TV recently. If they want to throw me a few bones for doing this promo, that'd be great. But yeah, I just got Sling TV and it comes with NFL network and Red Zone for thirty five bucks. I'm okay. I don't have cable just because I kind of abandoned it a long time ago. I have a lot of logins from various friends and family. <laughs> like you know hbo and all that stuff but nfl network was always the one that i couldn't get yeah because everybody i knew had comcast and it just wouldn't work but yeah sling tv it's pretty legit so far like they have apps for it on like i have an amazon tv i have apple tv all that thing they have apps for it so i've been enjoying that pretty pretty well so far now my final takeaway none of the quarterbacks truly stood out. I'm kind of piggybacks off of what you were saying about Kyler Murray, but none of the quarterbacks really stood out throwing the ball against air. Um, the one guy you would have liked to have seen look a lot better would be Haskins, who didn't look bad. He was pretty accurate, but he wasn't really in sync and just didn't. He didn't come out and say with his play, I'm the guy. Um, and none of the guys did. So, I think I still love Haskins as a prospect, but I might be backing off of him a little bit. Even though he's just so good in interviews, he's obviously very talented when it comes to the film room, understanding what defenses are trying to do to him, how to attack that. But I don't know. He didn't wow me this week.
1: Yeah, and that kind of goes along with the whole idea that this quarterback class really isn't anything to write home about. Um, I mean, there's a clear one and two. And after that, I mean, you don't. I just really don't know you how you could possibly
0: think that. And shout out to my guys Zach Goodall. I don't know how you could say Dwayne Haskins is better than Kyler Murray.
1: More. Yeah. I could see just being as a more prototypical just because there hasn't really been, any people like Kyler Murray, there's been a couple with like Russell Wilson, but he seems to be a, a, a bit different player coming out of college, being in much more pro style offense and things like that. But it's just the the the, the fear of the unknown, I think, is what's getting yeah. everyone off the fact that just looking at this guy and saying, even myself, like I've I've said. I don't trust Kyler Murray in the NFL, which is to me, looking back on that, I think I'm an insane person because just the arm talent that he has. But yeah, I agree with you. You are insane, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, crazy, man. fear of the unknown like and, and the differences crazy. of what he is to what has been has worked caused people just to to just reject the idea that he could possibly be better than a prototypical quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I understand that people are resistant to change, Mm. but they're idiots. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So with that being said, we are just about to hit the 30-minute mark of the show. Guess what time it is? Draft time. Mock draft time. Jaguars mock draft time. All right. So the way this works is Scott and I both kind of went through the draft network. Mock Draft Machine, using their predictive mock draft, um, and went through it and just kind of showed each other the drafts we were getting, what we were liking, what we were thinking value-wise, different picks and such, and this is the mock draft that we came up with together. I will start off with the pick, and then we'll just rotate, you know, pick to pick. I'll break down one pick, and we'll both talk about each pick book. One of us will introduce the pick, and then we'll both kind of talk about it a little bit. So, without further ado, drum roll, please. <laughs> Number seven overall, Jacksonville Jaguars. Select wide receiver, DK Metcalf, oh. Ole Miss, and the crowd goes wild. Wow. <laughs> but what can you say about this guy? He's a physical freak, 6'3", 228. Those are great numbers right there. 228, 6'3, ran a 4'3'3 at the combine at 228 pounds, jumped 40 and a half inches, did 27 bench press reps. I mean, sign me up. He's yeah. the most agile guy in shorts, but he shows the necessary agility for a man his size on tape. Uh, his best tape is far superior to any other offensive player in this draft. Yeah. There's no question about it. He needs to develop as a technician in order to maximize his potential. And there's a little bit of injury risk here. Obviously his uh, final season in college got cut short with the neck injury, but he's completely healthy right now and he can 100% change the outlook of the Jaguars offense from day one.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you can just watch. uh, Well, his entire career is just a highlight reel, (laughs) but you can watch a highlight reel of him and just you can see why he is so highly coveted. I mean, a big body like that, hes he could be an elite, elite deep threat and red zone target.
0: Yeah. In the same body. I mean, like it, people have compared him to like Julio just because of the physique. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's faster and bigger. Yeah. Julio. Faster and stronger. Uh, they've kind of compared him to Josh Gordon. But again, he's much faster than Josh Gordon.
1: There is a risk with this guy. Um, he lives and dies by double moves and head fakes. Um, he doesn't really have. He didn't really do much of anything other than just go <laughs> yeah. a couple couple posts. You know, he he ran a crosser or two, but they never threw it to him. It was mostly on right. run plays. But you would really you want to see him be able to. Kind of change up what he's throwing at the defenses. Yeah, but when you I liked,
0: it... I liked his gauntlet drill um, at mm-hmm. the combine. I think that really shows a lot about just your natural receiving ability. Yeah, I thought he did really well there, and I think the agility is there on tape. It just wasn't required as much.
1: And when and when you're and when you're in college, the coach can go, "Hey, DK, uh, just just go run and beat that guy." oh okay coach I'll do it (laughs) and he does it (laughs) and then they win (laughs) but no he's an unbelievable talent I mean it's it's and another reason why I personally what pick DK Metcalf is because you look at the positions that they would pick other than wide receiver I don't think they're gonna go offensive line because the only person that the only position at seven I would pick would be like a left tackle they already have that I I would not think they're gonna
0: tackle at seven like if that was my number one need and it was the best yeah. player available. I don't think Jawan Taylor is a better prospect than DK Metcalf. I'm sorry. A hundred percent agree. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think they're going to spend it on the defensive lineman again, um, just because he would be a backup at this point. Um, right. I mean, that um, would maybe be... a tight end, but if yeah. you're getting a tight end, you might as well get the best wide receiver in the class.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Obviously, tight end can be used in different ways, but there's yeah. no reason DK Metcalf shouldn't be a force in the running game blocking people.
1: And you could potentially get a future Pro Bowler Hall of Fame type guy in the second round.
0: <laughs> That's <is> exactly right. <laughs> so you want to jump into the second round pick that we got here, yeah. Scott? Second round pick,
1: uh, Noah Fant, tight end out of Iowa. They keep churning these guys out. I don't know <laughs> what it is, but Iowa tight ends – just get all of them, and, and you'll be able to field an all-star roster. But, I mean, this guy is 6'4", 249 pounds, and ran a four five zero.
0: He's a 250-pound
1: gazelle. Unbelievable. And you, you look at that, and you go, okay, yeah, that's cool. And then you go watch his film. One of the most fluid players I've seen, let alone t- as, as a tight end. It looks like he's just on glass. He just glides it's it, he's an athletic Marvel for his size. Um, he's, he's got an almost 40 inch vertical,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, when you talk about adding DK Metcalf and Noah Fant to your mm-hmm. offense in the first two rounds, how do you not do that?
1: Yeah, no, that's there. They're, those two are probably better than any other skill position player they have on the roster. You can throw Leonard Fournette into in that conversation just because he's a hell of a player but i mean this guy he's got great hands yeah, he catches everything
0: best. absolutely
1: yeah no he catches everything he needs he's not the best blocker um he's he's pretty good in space but he's not the strongest guy as being like a, an
0: inline blocker um i think he projects to be a decent one though like he's not a yeah, dominant uh blocking tight end of his generation, mm-hmm. but... That's not what you drafted him there.
1: for, right. though, either. I mean, this guy, he averaged, over his career at Iowa, 14 yards a catch. And he, looking at my notes... Uh, he, oh, yeah, he got all the touchdowns that they've that they've had over the last two years. All of them. All, no, of, them. all of them. <laughs> no, he's got 18 touchdowns in two years. Yeah, that, position, that's
0: crazy. That's awesome.
1: So he reminds me a lot of the guy... Of, of one of the tight ends before George Kittle. I mean, when you're in, in that kind of company, oof, just thinking about adding a guy like that to your offense, it can do a lot to really open things up.
0: Yeah. The combination of him and Metcalf, I just can't even imagine if that's what we... Yeah. and And we forgot to say this prior to the draft, but this is a predictive mock draft that we're mm-hmm. doing here. We're not just doing what we would do We're predicting what the Jaguars will do. I think that um, there's a lot of reasons I think that it could go this way for the Jaguars. One of them is wide receiver at seven, D.K. Metcalf. Dave Caldwell said in his interview last week that he thinks the Jaguars are good at wide receiver, which automatically means he wants a wide receiver in the first round.
1: Yeah, (laughs) That is
0: exactly how Dave Dave Caldwell works. He wouldn't even mention Blake Bortles' name the year that we drafted Blake Bortles. So I think that, like I've been calling him lately, Deceptive Dave. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think he absolutely wants a wide receiver early. And if he could get his hands on DK Metcalf, you know, I mean, he was there in Atlanta when they got Julio. I think that it would just make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Scott and I also, we were kind of thinking about well, you could go tight end at seven with Noah Fant's teammate TJ Hawkinson and then come back at wide receiver in the second round. The reason we didn't do that, a DK Metcalf is just like the freakiest player in the draft, yeah. b the guy that we would really want in round two, Kelvin Harmon. It's just possible that he's not going to be there, mm-hmm. however. If you're talking about going wide receiver round one with DK Metcalf, then coming back to 38, if Noah Fant's not there, it's almost a guarantee that Irv Smith will be there. You're probably yes. not going to have three tight ends taken before pick number 38. It's just not likely. And if you get Irv Smith, he's not as good as Noah Fant, but he is a better blocker than Noah Fant, and I think he's going to be a top 10 receiving tight end for most oh, of his career.
1: Yeah, very super athletic. Um,
0: yeah, I 100% agree absolutely dominant blocker from the tight end position. Uh, So yeah, but that's not the draft we have happening. We think it's going to be Metcalf and Fant for the Jaguars in rounds one and two, and then getting into round three, we're going to have them address the offensive line with offensive Mm -hmm. lineman, Michael Dieter from Wisconsin, a versatile offensive lineman. He's played multiple positions in college And when I mean or say multiple positions, I mean multiple positions. He has played guard, center, and tackle in college. Uh, The Jaguars would be taking him as a guy with the potential to play anywhere on the inside, right guard, left guard as a backup, center. Uh, He's not the best athlete, but at 6'5 and 309, he has the experience, the versatility, and the toughness that the Jaguars covet with interior offensive linemen. And I think he should be effective in pass pro and as a run blocker at the next level.
1: Yeah, I I I thought watching him I thought he was very mobile. Um I did not think I, I agree that he's not the most athletic guy just because when he got to a defender, he didn't always hit on those second level blocks on on the on the smaller shiftier guys. So he can move and he can like he can pull and get out in front of a running back, but he doesn't necessarily have the short area maneuverability to be able to land the second level block. I
0: think part of that too, he doesn't have super long arms. Yeah. Obviously why you wouldn't project him as a tackle, even though he started a lot of games there. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of being a versatile guard slash center, I think he could probably come in and replace AJ can immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody's got to (laughs) no doubt about it. So that was pick number 69 overall. Great pick there.
1: Yeah. Josh yeah. Scopey is actually announcing it, I believe.
0: He is, and he's pretty excited about that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I think he'll definitely in, accentuate with pick number 69 overall.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. He's going to do something with that. Yeah. Um, but up next, we got the fourth round
0: pick. Um, yeah, 99 overall.
1: Yeah. We got another wide receiver. Um, we're really going offense on this one because it. Play, you just need playmakers the, the As many as you can get And we um, did look at
0: defensive players In these uh, slots And they just didn't make as much sense For us yeah. to this point in the draft
1: Yeah so we we Went fourth round uh, Terry McLaurin from Ohio State uh, Wide receiver um, He's a six foot guy I think about 210 Pounds Four, But three, this five. dude fly. My goodness he's He's probably a better track athlete than he is wide receiver, but he's a pretty good wide receiver. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think um, he was pretty like he showed his skill as a route runner at the oh yeah. um, at the Senior Bowl big time, and followed it up with his combine performance. I mean,
1: yeah, he's been getting better since the the year ended. Um, but he's he's a guy where you get you get the you get him the ball in space, and he can he can be a home run hitter. I mean, he got a, he had eleven touchdowns last year. On 700 yards um and he was not the first option <laughs> yeah so uh, he's he's, he's a guy many, he it. many
0: options I Ohio State
1: oh yeah and so we, you just that's the thing every single pick that we've made on offense well, except for Michael Dieter of course is just speed 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 DK Metcalf and Noah Fant just happen to be bigger and be able to do more things yeah but they're still fast as hell and that's the one thing that you cannot have enough of yeah, I'm about
0: it, um, and I mean, you know, taking two wide receivers in the top 100 picks, it's, it's a big time statement. But again, Dave Caldwell is a liar. <laughs> he wants a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, I think if you get McLaurin and you get Metcalf, there's a good chance that you get to move on from Marquise Lee in a couple of years. Uh, you hope DJ Chark develops, and you have DD Westbrook and. I mean, I don't think you can rely on Keelan Cole at this point, but if you have Metcalf, McLaurin, Westbrook, and Chark as your four over the next few years, I think you like that a lot. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Now, finally, we are going to go defense with one of our picks, amazingly. Number 110 overall, we're going to go Edge. Ben, I'm not sure how to properly pronounce his name, but I think it's Bonugu. Uh TCU Edge defender. The first thing I noticed when I was watching him was a lack of bendability around the edge. doesn't really create angles to the quarterback by bending the edge, but he creates angles pretty much every other way possible. Uh, You notice that he can win in a variety of ways after that hand usage. He can uh, get inside. He can use the spin move at 6'3", 250 pounds. Like I said, he has an arsenal of pass rush moves, knows when to use them. His motor's constantly running. He's he's always chasing people down from behind and making plays that aren't necessarily on his side of the field. His long arms have helped him to get strip sacks throughout his career. And he might not end up being a starter. But I you don't need a starter at the edge behind Unique Ngakwe. What you need is a backup that I believe can win in different ways than Unique Ngakwe can win. So when you sub Ngakwe out, this guy can come in and show some different moves to whoever, whichever side he's going against. Right tackle, left tackle, stunting. He's done a lot of stunting at TCU. Um, Def-
1: yeah, that's the one thing that you that pops off the screen. Yeah, so I
0: just think he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. One of those things is not bending the edge, which is why he's not going to be a higher draft pick. Mm-hmm. But He's got the athleticism, ran a 4-6. Which, like nowadays, it's almost commonplace, but that's still really good for an edge player. And yeah.
1: I'd, I'd like him to use his pass rush moves more. I think sometimes he tends to just you try and rely on his athleticism yeah. to just kind of get beat the guy and doesn't actually use but what But then all of a sudden, you get flashes like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, he, he just whipped that guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, in, in his two seasons at TCU, he had 17 sacks, 34 and a half tackles for loss, which is awesome. You see him hitting running backs in the backfield all the time, 112 tackles. So he's making an impact, even if he's not pass rushing and the five forced fumbles. A lot of those were strip sacks.
1: Yeah. Um. Now, the next the next guy that we have on our list, I don't know if you're ready to move on. Oh, um, kind i'm um we're we're addressing uh i i really pushed i think that they're gonna still address the quarterback position um i i think getting falls wipes them out for the first couple of rounds but I, it, we agree they end up probably taking a guy like ryan finley here um he doesn't have the strongest arm um he's a big guy he's six four um actually in the mo in in college football last year he had most yards between ten and nineteen yard passes of any quarterback. So he gained most the most yards out of off of those intermediate plays. And he does that very well. He's a great touch passer. He's got a very quick release. Doesn't have the strongest arm, doesn't have the best deep ball. His accuracy it, it can get him in trouble sometimes, but normally it's very good. He just has these weird lapses to where you'll just he'll just make you scratch your head. But last year he threw for almost 4,000 yards, um, 67% completion percentage percentage, uh, 25 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Um, Todd to say before the season even started, had hit, had him as his number one guy at one point. Right. Um, did, season didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what they thought it would be. And the kind of the Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray's of the world, took over and uh, he got left to the wayside. But this is a guy who can come in, you know, he's going to sit, he's going to have to sit behind Foles. I think he can be a solid backup, maybe even push for a starter. If things go really well, if he really embraces the offense um, that uh, the offense coordinator is going to be putting in, he does have a great
0: size for the position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just think that you need to address the quarterback until you know, you have one. Yeah, and spending a, and spending a late round pick on a guy like this, I'm 100 percent okay with it. I think he's better than Tanner Lee. Oh my God! Was. Don't even
0: say you think he's better than Tanner I, Lee. He's I got like 100 I, times better than Tanner Lee. Yeah,
1: but it's yeah, I think this guy he 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 has the capability of being a competent, solid backup. Um, I, I think it's a long shot to say he will someday take the mantle and
0: be a starter. Has the potential to be a starter. I don't think yeah, he's no, a franchise yeah. quarterback i agree yeah um but and i, I he's, he's surprisingly athletic the 4 seven forty really impressed me and doug talked about how he likes to have guys that can extend plays and obviously in the mold of blake Bortles slash tanner lee um you know the guy that can really get out on the move and i think finley has some of that to his game
1: yeah but yeah, I, I just think you have to get a quarterback until you until you have one. Yeah, you just keep getting him.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I like the pick for sure, especially that late in the draft. And there's a good chance that he'll be around. There's so many quarterbacks. I mean, Tyree Jackson vaulted up above a lot of guys this yeah. week, and that's fine with me. I'm not a fan of him. He's too much of a project. Like he has, he, he's made some of the very best throws that any quarterback will ever make. He's also made some of the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's way, this the scale in him is so far apart from good to bad. Yeah. It's like, you, re- it's going to take time to narrow that gap.
0: Yeah, if it ever does narrow. Yeah. Now, our final pick, seventh round, number 238. You might be thinking to yourself, man, these guys haven't had the Jaguars take a running back yet. Well, well you're wrong. Not anymore. Running back, Bruce Anderson, North Dakota State. At 5'11 and 210 pounds, Anderson has excellent contact balance, lateral movement, and vision. He was used as a blocker and pass catcher in college pretty uh, pretty significantly. And he should be able to take over, in my mind, the T.J. Yeldon-type role as T.J. Yeldon uh, hits free agency.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd never seen this guy play. And you're like, hey, you should probably check him out. And I fell in love yeah. with this guy. physical between
0: tackles, him. but he has moves in space. Averaged seven and a half yards a carry in 2018 and scored 12 touchdowns, three of which were receiving. And he just always seems to gain yards after first contact.
1: Yeah, well, the, I, there's the three main things I've noticed with him is number one, his balance is unreal. Yeah. How many times he's been hit and should have gone down, but just somehow. Ballade his, his way to keep his momentum going forward unbelievable he he navigates his way through traffic
0: Very with well, little yeah. jump
1: steps little just cut, just slight cut uh, just unbelievable he he'll, he'll hit a hole, bounce around a couple times and then be out the other end heading towards the end zone and then being able the, the angles he takes and just the understanding of how to beat a defender one on-one in the open field. I was just I I loved watching his tape. I mean, I this guy should have gone to a D one school. Yeah, no, so.
0: and you know he's not the fastest in a straight line. He doesn't have the best explosiveness towards the edge. I saw him a couple times uh, when when linebackers were able to get a good angle on him, get tackled in the backfield. But uh, when you're talking about a seventh round pick, who again can pass block, can catch the ball out of the backfield, and has the potential to be a really physical running back inside and make plays in space. I just don't think you can go wrong in the seventh round. And he could be, if it, if this guy doesn't get drafted, he could be a priority undrafted free agent too. Yeah, definitely.
1: And I just, I would love to see this guy on our football team. Yeah, I would
0: too he's got a little bit of Fred Taylor to his game. Obviously that's like a lofty comparison, but there's just something there that if he was at a division one school, I definitely think that he wouldn't be being talked about as a seventh round pick. Definitely. Um, So that is our mock draft. The Jaguars address needs while also getting value. Matt Calf and Fant in the first two rounds, you get two of the very best athletes that you can remember in recent memory at those respective positions, wide receiver and tight end. In the third round, you go get a versatile offensive lineman that can start at multiple positions for you. Uh, and then also in the third round, you get the speedy, dynamic wide receiver out of Ohio State, Terry McLaurin. And then moving on to the fourth round, you go get yourself an edge rusher that can be a good backup and present some different uh, some different moves than Yannick Ngakwe's typical speed. Uh, but also can strip the quarterback. And then you get your your uh, big quarterback, Ryan Finley, big quarterback prospect out of NC State, who's pretty accurate, um, nice touch on the ball, and then he's pretty athletic, surprisingly. And finally, you go get your Bruce Anderson running back out of ND State.
1: What do you think, Scott? I like it. I 100% would sign on for this draft right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yeah. Um, I think the Jaguars are in store for a good draft. I really do. We obviously don't know if any of these guys will end up on their roster, but I could definitely see them going a similar route in terms of which positions they're addressing in these rounds and uh, just kind of the whole vibe of the draft. Mm-hmm. I could definitely yes. see them I mean, going in this direction. direction.
1: Ex- definitely expected to be offense heavy.
0: Yeah, if it's not, 100%. that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's something's wrong. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. They're definitely not taking a defensive lineman in round one like they did last year. Uh, if they do, my god. But <laughs> unless it's like, I don't know, unless you trade back.
1: Nick Bosa falls down. <laughs> right. Actually, in one of my mock
0: drafts, Quinn and Williams fell to seven, and I was like, oh. but I still didn't go for it. I just went with Metcalf again, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, We appreciate everybody listening to the show. We'd love to get your feedback. You can hit us up on Twitter at generation Jag or hit Scott up at Scott Klein one. That's K L E I N. You can uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jordan Delugo. Just let us know what your thoughts are on this mock draft and what you'd like us to talk about in the future. And uh, if you have any questions for us, absolutely, we'd love to hear them. And, uh, you know, you can roast us if you don't like what we talked about here. You don't like what we did. We'd love to hear any sort of feedback from y'all. But again, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, follow Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. Make sure to check out GenJag.com for all the latest news, analysis, Duval and jacks themed gear, and just all that fun stuff.